Chapter Twenty One of the Spirit of Bambatse by H. Ryder Haggard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Message from the Dead. Mayer always said that he did not believe in spirits, remarked Mr. Clifford reflectively. Well, he believes in them now, answered Benita with a little laugh. But, father, the poor man is mad. That is the fact of it, and we must pay no attention to what he says the old molly mo and some of his people tamas for instance declare that they have seen the ghost of benita de ferreira are they mad also benita i don't know father who can say all these things are a mystery all i do know is that i have never seen a ghost and i doubt if i ever shall no but when you were in that trance something that was not you spoke out of your mouth which something said that it was your namesake the other benita well as you say we can't fathom these things especially in a haunted kind of place like this but the upshot of it is that i don't think we have much more to fear from jacob i'm not so sure father mad people change their moods very suddenly as it happened benita was quite right towards supper-time jacob meyer reappeared looking pale and shaken but otherwise much as usual i had a kind of fit this morning he explained the result of an hallucination which seized me when my light went out in that cave i remember that i thought i had seen a ghost whereas i know very well that no such thing exists i was the victim of disappointment anxieties and other still stronger emotions and he looked at benita therefore please forget anything that i said or did and would you give me some supper benita did so and he ate in silence with some heartiness when he had finished his food and swallowed two or three tops of square face he spoke again i have come here where i know i am not welcome upon business he said in a calm matter-of-fact voice i am tired of this place and i think it is time that we attained the object of our journey here namely to find the hidden gold that as we all know can only be done in a certain way through the clairvoyant powers of one of us and the hypnotic powers of another miss clifford i request that you will allow me to throw you into a state of trance you have told us everything else but you have not yet told us where the treasure is hidden and this it is necessary that we should know and if i refuse mr mayor then i am sorry but i must take means to compel your obedience under those circumstances much against my will i shall be obliged here his eyes blazed out wildly to execute your father whose obstinacy and influence stand between us and splendid fortunes no clifford he added don't stretch out your hand towards that rifle for i am already covering you with a pistol in my pocket and the moment your hand touches it i shall fire you poor old man do you imagine for a single second that sick as you are and with your stiff limbs you can hope to match yourself against my agility intellect and strength why i can kill you in a dozen ways before you could lift a finger against me and by the god i do not believe in unless your daughter is more compliant kill you i will that remains to be seen my friend 
said mr clifford with a laugh for he was a brave old man i am not certain that the god whom you do not believe in will not kill you first now benita who had been taking counsel with herself looked up and said suddenly very well mr mayor i consent because i must to-morrow morning you shall try to mesmerise me if you can in the same place before the crucifix in the cave no he answered quickly it was not there it was here and here it shall be again the spot you mention is unpropitious to me the attempt would fail it is the spot that i have chosen answered benita stubbornly and this is the spot that i have chosen miss clifford and my will must prevail over yours because you who do not believe in spirits are afraid to re-enter the cave mr mayor lest you should chance never mind what i am or am not afraid of he replied with fury make your choice between doing my will and your father's life to-morrow morning i shall come for your answer and if you are still obstinate within half an hour he will be dead leaving you and me alone together oh you may call me wicked and a villain but it is you who are wicked you 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 who force me to this deed of justice then without another word he sprang up and walked away from them backwards as he went covering mr clifford with the pistol which he had drawn from his pocket the last that they saw of him were his eyes which glowered at them through the darkness like those of a lion father said benita when she was sure that he had gone that madman really means to murder you there is no doubt of it none whatever dear if i am alive to-morrow night i shall be lucky unless i can kill him first or get out of his way well she said hurriedly i think you can i have an idea he is afraid to go into that cave i am sure let us hide ourselves there we can take food and shall have plenty of water whereas unless rain falls he can get nothing to drink but what then benita we can't stop in the dark for ever no but we can wait there until something happens something must and will happen his disease won't stand still he may go raving mad and kill himself or he may attempt to attack us though that is not likely and then we must do what we can in self-defence or help may reach us from somewhere at the worst we shall only die as we should have died outside come let us be quick lest he should change his mind and creep back upon us so mr clifford gave way knowing that even if he could steel himself to the deed of attempting to kill jacob he would have little chance against that strong and agile man such a struggle would only end in his own death and benita must then be left alone with Maya and his insane passions hurriedly they carried their few belongings into the cave first they took most of the little store of food that remained the three hand-lamps and all the paraffin there was but one tin then returning they fetched the bucket the ammunition and their clothes afterwards as there was still no sign of Maya, they even dared to drag in the wagon-tent to make a shelter for benita and all the wood that they had collected for firing this proved a wearisome business for the logs were heavy and in his crippled state mr clifford could carry no great burden indeed towards the end benita was forced to complete the task alone 
while he limped beside her with his rifle lest jacob should surprise them when at length everything was done it was long past midnight and so exhausted were they that notwithstanding their danger they flung themselves down upon the canvas tent which lay in a heap at the end of the cave near the crucifix and fell asleep when benita woke the lamp had gone out and it was pitch dark fortunately however she remembered where she had put the matches and the lantern with a candle in it she lit the candle and looked at her watch it was nearly six o'clock the dawn must be breaking outside within an hour or two jacob meyer would find that they had gone suppose that his rage should overcome his fear and that he should creep upon them they would know nothing of it until his face appeared in the faint ring of light or he might even shoot her father out of the darkness what could she do that would give them warning a thought came to her taking one of the tent ropes and the lantern for her father still slept heavily she went down to the entrance of the cave and at the end of the last zigzag where once a door had been managed to make it fast to a stone hinge about eighteen inches above the floor and on the other side to an eye opposite that was cut in the solid rock to receive a bolt of wood or iron Mayer, she knew had no lamps or oil only matches and perhaps a few candles therefore if he tried to enter the cave it was probable that he would trip over the rope and thus give them warning then she went back washed her face and hands with some water that they had drawn on the previous night to satisfy their thirst and tidied herself as best she could this done as her father still slept she filled the lamps lit one of them and looked about her for she was loath to wake him truly it was an awful place in which to dwell there above them towered the great white crucifix there in the corner were piled the remains of the portuguese a skull with long hair still hanging to it grinned at her a withered hand was thrust forward as though to clutch her oh no wonder that in such a spot jacob meyer had seen ghosts in front too was the yawning grave where they had found the monk indeed his bones wrapped in dark robes still lay within for jacob had tumbled them back again then beyond and all around deep dark and utter silence at last her father woke and glad enough was she of his human company they breakfasted upon some biscuits and water and afterwards while mr clifford watched her near the entrance with his rifle benita set to work to arrange their belongings the tent she managed to prop up against the wall of the cave by help of some of the wood which they had carried in beneath it she spread their blankets that it might serve as a sleeping place for them both and outside placed the food and other things while she was thus engaged she heard a sound at the mouth of the cave jacob meyer was entering and had fallen over her rope down it she ran lantern in hand to her father who with his rifle raised was shouting if you come in here i put a bullet through you then came the answer in jacob's voice which rang hollow in that vaulted place i do not want to come in i shall wait for you to come out you cannot live long in there the horror of the dark will kill you i have only to sit in the sunlight and wait then he laughed 
and they heard the sound of his footsteps retreating down the passage what are we to do asked mr clifford despairingly we cannot live without light and if we have light he will certainly creep to the entrance and shoot us he is quite mad now i am sure of it from his voice benita thought a minute then she answered we must build up the passage look and she pointed to the lumps of rock that the explosion of their mine had shaken down from the roof and the slabs of cement that they had broken from the floor with the crowbar at once at once she went on he will not come back for some hours probably not till night so they set to work and never did benita labour as it was her lot to do that day such of the fragments as they could lift they carried between them others they rolled along by help of the crowbar for hour after hour they toiled at their task luckily for them the passage was not more than three feet wide by six feet six high and their material was ample before the evening they had blocked it completely with a wall several feet in thickness which wall they supported on the inside with lengths of the firewood lashed across to the old hinges and bolt-holes or set obliquely against its face it was done and they regarded their work with pride although it seemed probable that they were building up their own tomb because of its position at an angle of the passage they knew that Maya could not get to it with a pole to batter it down also there was no loose powder left so his only chance would be to pull it to pieces with his hands and this they thought might prove beyond his power at least should he attempt it they would have ample warning yet that day was not to pass without another trouble just as they had rolled up and levered into place a long fragment of rock designed to prevent the ends of their supporting pieces of wood from slipping on the cement floor mr clifford uttered an exclamation then said i have wrung my back badly help me to the tent i must lie down slowly and with great pain they staggered up the cave mr clifford leaning on benita and a stick till reaching the tent at last he almost fell on to the blanket and remained there practically crippled now began benita's terrible time the worst of all her life every hour her father became more ill even before they took refuge in the cave he was completely broken down and now after this accident he began to suffer very much his rheumatism or sciatica or whatever it was seemed to settle upon the hurt muscles of his back causing him so much pain that he could scarcely sleep for ten minutes at a stretch moreover he would swallow but little of the rough food which was all benita was able to prepare for him nothing indeed except biscuit soaked in black coffee which she boiled over a small fire made of the wood that they had brought with them and occasionally a little broth tasteless stuff enough for it was only the essence of biltong or sun-dried flesh flavoured with some salt then there were two other terrors against which she must fight the darkness and the dread of jacob meyer perhaps the darkness was the worst of them to live in that hideous gloom in which their single lamp for she dared burn no more lest the oil should give out seemed but as one star to the whole night ah who that had not endured it could know what it meant 
there the sick man yonder the grinning skeletons around the blackness and the silence and beyond these again a miserable death or jacob meyer but of him benita saw nothing though once or twice she thought that she heard his voice raving outside the wall which they had built if so either he did not try to pull it down or he failed in the attempt or perhaps he feared that should he succeed he would be greeted by a bullet so at last she gave up thinking about him should he force his way into the cave she must deal with the situation as best she could meanwhile her father's strength was sinking fast three awful days went by in this fashion and the end drew near although she tried to force herself to it benita could not swallow enough food to keep up her strength now that the passage was closed the atmosphere of this old vault for it was nothing more thickened by the smoke of the fire which she was obliged to burn grew poisonous and choked her want of sleep exhausted her dread of what the morrow might bring forth crushed her strong spirit she began to break down knowing that the hour was near when she and her father must die together once as she slept a while at his side being wakened by his groaning benita looked at her watch it was midnight she rose and going to the embers of the little fire warmed up some of her biltong broth which she poured into a tin pannikin with difficulty she forced him to swallow a few mouthfuls of it then feeling a sudden weakness drank the rest herself it gave her power to think and her father dozed off into an uneasy sleep alas thinking was of no use nothing could be done there was no hope save in prayer restlessness seized benita and taking the lantern she wandered round the cave the wall that they had built remained intact and oh to think that beyond it flowed the free air and shone the blessed stars back she came again skirting the pits that jacob meyer had dug and the grave of the old monk till she reached the steps of the crucifix and holding up her candle looked at the thorn-crowned brow of the christ above it was wonderfully carved that dying face was full of pity would not he whom it represented pity her she knelt down on the topmost step and clasping the pierced feet with her arms began to pray earnestly not for herself but that she might save her father she prayed as she had never prayed before and so praying sank into a torpor or a swoon it seemed to benita that this sleep of hers suddenly became alive in it she saw many things for instance she saw herself seated in a state of trance upon that very step where she now knelt while before her stood her father and jacob meyer moreover a voice spoke in her she could not hear the voice but she seemed to see the words written in the air before her these were the words clasp the feet of the christ and draw them to the left the passage beneath leads to the chamber where the gold is hid and thence to the river-bank that is the secret which ere i depart i the dead benita pass on to you the living benita as i am commanded 
in life and death peace be to your soul thrice did this message appear to repeat itself in the consciousness of benita then suddenly as she had slept she woke again with every letter of it imprinted on her mind doubtless it was a dream nothing but a dream bred by the fact that her arms were clasping the feet of the crucifix what did it say draw them to the left she did so but nothing stirred again she tried and still nothing stirred of course it was a dream why had such been sent to mock her in a kind of mad irritation she put out all her remaining strength and wrestled with those stony feet they moved a little then of a sudden without any further effort on her part swung round as high as the knees where drapery hung concealing the join in them yes they swung round revealing the head of a stair up which blew a cold wind that it was sweet to breathe benita rose gasping then she seized her lantern and ran to the little tent where her father lay End of chapter twenty one